Hey guys, this is Sam Puente and you were listening to Rooted. So glad that you were listening in this week. And uh, I'm just, um, just want to say just really encouraged by a lot of the feedback that I've been getting, uh, seeing our subscriber count go up. Thank you so much for subscribing. If you have not shared this with your friends, I really would encourage you to do so. And, uh, and that way we can get some others involved within the podcast. But just want to say thank you so much to all of, um, all of my friends, family, everyone out there in uh, podcast land. Thank you so much for, um, for being a subscriber to Rooted. Hey, so let's just um, get right into the passage this week. And I hope that it is a blessing to you. You know, this, this thought of uh, follow me has continued on in just in my thinking process as I've been looking at the scriptures and um, and so you know the first our first week of the podcast we looked at the calling of the four disciples of Peter and Andrew and James and John when Jesus spoke to them as they were on their father's boats and on their boats and he called out to them follow me and they left everything they had so we we talked about follow me in the context of of leaving that security and then last week we looked at the passage where Mark tells us about the calling of Levi and how Levi was in a little bit of a different predicament than um, than the other four disciples because when Jesus called him, he was an outcast from his community, from the the, the Jewish people that were there. So we looked at how how Jesus reached down and called the outcast, called them out of his past, called them out, you know, with baggage and everything and said, come follow me and gave him a place in his kingdom. And this week, we're going to continue to look at uh, at the book of Mark um, and see what it really means to follow Jesus when he says, follow me. So if you have your scriptures uh, today, turn to the book of Mark chapter eight, and I'll read starting with verse 34. Jesus summoned the crowd along with his disciples and had them gather around. And he said to them, if you truly want to follow me, you should at once completely disown your own life. You must be willing to share my cross and experience it as your own, as you will continually surrender to my ways. For if you let your life go for my sake and for the sake of the gospel, you will continually experience true life. But if you choose to keep your life for yourself, you will forfeit what you try to keep. For what use is it to gain all the wealth and power of this world with everything it could offer you at the cost of your own life? And what could be more valuable to you than your own soul? So being good students of the Bible, right, we want to look at this passage in context of what is around there. And so Jesus had just talked to his disciples and had told uh, told them that he was destined to go to Jerusalem and that while he was there, he would suffer great injustice from elders, from the leading priests, from the Pharisees, and explain to them that he would be killed and three days later he would be uh risen to life again and i and you know the scriptures tell us that that jesus um 
Jesus opened his heart and he spoke freely with his disciples, explaining all these things to them. And, and Peter, being, being the, uh, the, the good Jewish uh, young man that he was, you know, he stood up and, and almost like saying, like, Jesus, I don't, I don't think you really understand what this whole Messiah thing is about. You know, you're, you're Messiah, you're king. This is not this is not in the cards. Like this is this is not what we understand um, that Messiah should be like, and, and this is not what we understand um, as as um, as you setting up your kingdom. And so Jesus, in turn, rebukes Peter and and essentially brings the crowd together, brings the disciples together, brings everyone who is around in that moment for them to truly understand what following him is like. He said, if you truly want to follow me, you should at once completely disown your own life and be willing to share my cross and experience it as your own as you continually surrender to my ways. You know, the, these words are um, these words are shocking, right? These words are, are something very new and very different for them to to hear it and understand it. But what Jesus is telling them is, is that he must he must be the one who sits on the throne of their lives. That he is calling them to complete devotion, no matter what that looks like, no matter how dark of a moment that it could potentially be here in the near future. But he's telling them, if you want to follow me, you must remove yourself from the, um, from the throne of your life. Stop calling the shots and start listening to me. Truly follow me. He says, you must completely be willing to share my cross and, and experience it as your own as you continually surrender to my ways. There, there is something beautiful as we come to Jesus in surrender, when we when we follow Him, you know it. You know, I think I think for far too long within within the Christian culture in America, you know, we've gotten to a place to where we we allow Jesus um, in certain areas of our life because we feel comfortable with Him being there. We we kind of uh, we kind of put Jesus in boxes, if you will. And when we say, you know, Jesus, you're you're okay here, you're okay here. But you know this area of my life, um, you know, I'm not so sure that I'm that I'm completely comfortable. Whether it be, you know, work, whether it be our relationships, you know. But whatever the case may be, there's different comfort levels, right? And what Jesus is saying is that, hey, I don't I don't want areas of your life. I want all of it. If you're gonna follow me, you must completely abandon every single seat of power within your life, whether it be at home, at work. Anywhere that you go, everywhere that you go, I must have complete rule and complete reign, and you must completely surrender to my will. You know, Jesus tells them, if you let go of your life for my sake and for the sake of the gospel, you will continually experience true life. But if you choose to keep your life for yourself, you will forfeit what you try to keep. You know, you must continue. You will continually experience true life. Yeah, you know, I, I begin to wonder that. I begin to 
wonder what Jesus is 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 talking about, right? When he says true life in comparison to maybe the day-to-day life that we live, right? That we say, well, this is this is life or this is the American dream. This is everything that I've ever wanted. And and we 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 think about these things. We maybe we think about the um the physical, right? We think of maybe maybe a nice house, nice cars, a great career, you know, the, the ability within that career to to gain more money or to gain uh, titles and prestige. When you look at those things and we consider those to be uh, great achievements or great positions in life, and Jesus says, hey, there's actually more, right? There, there is a true life that I come to give you. You know, can you, can you imagine how much we miss out when we say, "Hey, you're you're okay at home, but at work, there's different there's different practices that I abide by." Can can you imagine what that would look like in your workplace? Maybe maybe you're a salesperson. Maybe you lead a company. Um, you know, maybe you work for a nonprofit. Uh, whatever the case may be, what what could that look like for you today? If you were to say, "Jesus, in this area in my work life, I remove myself from that throne." And now I want you to take your place there. I enthrone you in that place. This is your place. You belong here. You belong, you know, in my cubicle. You belong in my office. Every decision I make, the way I treat my customers, the way I treat, you know, vendors, the way the way I treat my clients, um, you're taking center stage in that area. What would that look like for you? You know, just kind of, just kind of think about that. Uh, you know, imagine with me by the Holy Spirit. Allow Him to kind of put that picture right in your mind as you think about that. Because if if Jesus is telling us that if we give our lives completely to Him, that we will have far more joy, far more completeness in our life. I think that is a great exchange. He says, um, for what use is it to gain all the wealth and power of this world with everything it could offer you at the cost of your own life? And what could be more valuable to you than your own soul? Our soul has value. And I think, I think sometimes we do not place the appropriate value of our soul from a day-to-day basis. I think we place value on lots and lots of other things. Um, we place value on, um, you know, I know I know in business, um, a lot of salespeople place their value within the book of business or the clientele that they have worked with before in the past. You know, maybe if you're if you're in real estate, maybe you you place you place your value in the amount of houses that you've been able to to close within a month, and you look at that and you see that as as success. Um, you know, if you run uh, you know a small business, you look at the value of the work that you've done, depending on you know if if you've had year to year growth. What does that look like for you? There's lots of different ways that as we within our professional lives, as well as our personal lives, that we place value on lots of other things. But Jesus tells us this, what good is it for you if you've obtained every wealth, every power, everything that you see as worthy of this precious price tag, but you have lost your soul in the process? He says, your soul is is worth more than all those things put together. When it comes to following Jesus, it's an all in or nothing. You know, he says, 
You must come and follow me. If you want to follow me, if you want to walk in my ways, then you must embrace everything about me. You must embrace everything about my kingdom because it is an all-in commitment. So here are my final thoughts. You know, I think I think as we as we follow him, as we follow Jesus more and more, um, we begin to see more clearly as far as what his expectations of us following him look like. And I think the disciples were getting to that place of them saying, Hey, you're 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 Messiah, we're gonna follow you, and then Jesus following that up with, Okay, so if you believe I'm Messiah, let me tell you about what what I'm going to suffer. And then we see the rebuke and then we see Jesus telling them exactly what it means to follow him. And I think today, um, I think today Jesus is speaking to you and to me that if we want to follow him, if we want to continue down this path, that this is what it looks like. And I think it's an invitation for you and for me to look at our lives and say, okay, what are areas of my life? that I know that Jesus has no say over, whether it be, you know, your finances, relationships, maybe it's, it's how you do your work in the workplace and looking at all those things and saying, okay, I recognize now that if I'm going to follow him, that I need to have him enthroned over every area of my life. And I need to purposely start making the effort to include him and say, okay, Lord, you're Lord over my life. I'm following you. What does following you look like at work? What does following you look like as I, as I am part of my family in my home? What does following you, you know, look like as I take my kids to soccer practice or karate and just beginning to invite the Lord in those areas because it is there that we become messengers of the kingdom. But when we say, God, I invite you in this place. I invite you as we go here. Um, I want to follow you here. Then that's when God starts opening doors. And that's truly when we begin to see God's kingdom grow um, on the soccer fields, right? We begin to see God's kingdom grow in, in PCA groups. That's when we see God's kingdom grow in our businesses and with our clients. And we begin to see God do miraculous and powerful things in our lives. So I want to encourage you to maybe maybe sit down, maybe maybe make a mental list, maybe write it down and say, okay, here's my life. Here's the areas that I need uh, growth in. And I want to invite Jesus. I want to invite the Holy Spirit to be enthroned over those areas of my life. Um, and I, I encourage you that as you open those doors up, God is going to completely change those areas of your life for his glory and for his kingdom. And you will continually experience true life. Hey guys, thank you so much for listening in today. Share this podcast, share it with some friends. Also, leave me some feedback on our on our message um, on our message button. It's there on our uh, anchor page, anchor.fm/rooted-devo, and you click that button. You can leave me a voicemail. Talk, talk to me about this passage. Maybe tell me a little bit of uh, maybe some insight that you see that you want to share with me. I'd love to hear your perspective there. But God bless you guys. I hope you have a great weekend. God bless you. Take care. Bye.